I'd pick Steph um, over Dane um, because I'm I really don't know. I've never seen Dane play well within the system with other great players. Sure, CJ McCollum is a great player in his own right, but he's only one player. And so it's just he and Damian Lillard basically playing back and forth or take your turn in these basketball games. So Damian Lillard hasn't really asked to flourish and play in a system um, on a championship team. Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardian. Those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. We are back here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Myself, Michael Gray, the host of the show. Season 3, episode 28. Good Lord. Would you believe that, man? <laughs> 28 episodes already <laughs> on season 3. My man, Mike, from the tri-state areas. How are you doing? I'm doing great, brother. This is like the first... Yeah, this this Up here in the tri-state, this feels like the first week of spring. I mean, it's been amazing weather. The sun's been out every day. It's been... It's just been good energy, though. I just, I just, I love it. I love this time of year. It reminds me of literally a year ago when I first came out here. It's, it's, it's a dope time right now. Today's the twelfth. This is good energy, you know. So uh, everything's all good. How about you, man? Hey, it's always good when the weather's good. That last week it was great. They reciprocated that same type of vibe this week. Great weather, seventies, mm. eighties. We even got some cool fronts, Mike. Something, something that we never get. We got some cool fronts, low fifties. Uh, uh, low 60s, you know, I had to actually take out my big uh, uh, Washington, D.C. coat and put that on. So, you know, uh, it was pretty good. Pretty good. I can't complain. Yeah, can't nah, complain. yeah no, no, no doubt. I was definitely supposed to. Um, I was, I was it's funny because I was getting ready to take a trip in a couple of weeks to Miami. Uh, I was going to go for one of my homeboys for his birthday. But, um, you know, I had, um, my mother's my mother's having surgery. So my dude's like, I got to take care of her, look out for her for a week. So I'm going to go down there and look out for her. And uh, the last week of March or so, but uh, now nah, I was definitely this this close to taste, tasting some of that Florida weather. Yeah, absolutely, whatever happens in South Beach stays in South Beach. There yeah, for sure. Prayers out to my Dukes there. Oh, for, uh, sure. for sure. And it's a big week, big, big. This is the biggest time of the year, Mike. We got March Madness, we got NFL free agency, we got NBA, we got spring ball uh, coming up in the majors. 
So all four major American sports are in full swing. But we'll start off with the NFL. Free agency is the biggest thing that's been going on, Mike, and none other than the prized gym, the first domino to fall, and that was Dak Prescott, Dakota Rain Prescott, four years in uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, and four great years, man. He's 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 been very, very, very solid for the Dallas Cowboys as in terms of a starter. Um, he is sixth in quarterback since 2016 in QBR, Mike, and he already has 15 game-winning drives. Um, that's more than Tom Brady. That's more than Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Peyton Manning in their four, first four seasons. So um, I, I think, Mike, w- with, with the situation with Dak, we, we understand that Jerry Jones has has done malpractice. He hasn't handled it very well. And I thought the Dallas Cowboys organization as a whole hasn't, uh, you know, dealt with this very well. The guy has overperformed. I know in a postseason, the numbers and, and, and the success hasn't panned out to what it's be. But in the regular season, the guys put up numbers, 5,000 yards, um, betting on himself to get a new contract. And then the guy gets hurt. And then when you get hurt and then your team underperforms, I think at that time, Dak had leverage, Mike, because, you know, Jerry saw that dang, like this, this team is not as good as I thought with our starting quarterback going down. You had Brandon Whedon, you had whoever guy that you had as the third string quarterback. I think Dak had leverage. And when you have leverage as a player, that bodes well for you. And he got paid and he got paid big time, Mike. Yeah, he definitely did. I believe he's the second highest paid right now in the league uh, behind, behind obviously, you know who, but, um, it, it, it was it was interesting because it's 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 a it's a situation with Dak where he bet on himself and he he bet on himself all the way so he can get every penny possible out of the Dallas Cowboys and uh, and Jerry and Jerry Jones finally bid for it and it, it, like you said he had the leverage to do so uh, when I when I look at this situation I look at it from a standpoint of like you said that Dak that Dak was was betting on himself he was doubling down on the price that he wanted he wanted to uh, reportedly he wanted to give over forty forty million dollar contract. Uh, Jerry Jones was trying to was trying to get him around thirty million, and he he was betting on himself, and he 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 made he made the move for it. So hats off to Dak for finally getting the money that that uh, yeah. that he wanted from the Cowboys, and uh, this is the longevity that they that they were looking for. Um, you know, uh, his his numbers over the last three or four seasons have been have been have been amazing, especially when you look at the leadership qualities. That's one of the biggest things I I love from Dak is that it seems like his leadership qualities is the biggest um, trait. Out of out of Dallas that you hear from his teammates and stuff like that. So, Dak, Dak Prescott getting this contract, dude, this was big for him, and this is a this is a showing of what you can do when you bet on yourself and you, you back it up on the field. I hear that a lot too, Mike. They talk about leadership, how stellar his leadership is. I don't know the guy very well, I don't, but you talk about the teammates in the locker room say leadership. You talk about the community, the 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 fan base in Dallas loves them some Dak Prescott. I I don't understand why. I don't know why, but they. They, he just has what you call likability. He has that out there in Dallas, and I don't know what it is. Now, we can all agree, Mike, and, and, and this is going to be a story too. $40 million for Dak Prescott, it, it seems like a little bit of a stretch. Oh, now, yes. Those were, were probably Russell Wilson, Pat, Patty Mahomes, or or even Deshaun Watson, or you could throw uh, um, some of these other great quarterbacks in there oh, too. Yeah. Those type of numbers, those type of numbers money-wise. But again, I think I go back to leverage here. I think that once he went down 
and had that injury, and then you saw the the team success falter. I think that's when you was like, okay, like this team is significantly better with Dak under center than with him hurt, obviously. But not only that, you look at the the games change, Mike. You know, the the most the most important position in the NFL is the quarterback position, and year after year it keeps rising so the next guy gets the big max dollars the next guy got got um you know guys like Kirk Cousins getting 30 million a year Stafford what has he done 33 million a year Matt Ryan for all these years getting 35 and so as the next guy goes up you t- you think to yourself you know Dak Prescott this only benefits whoever's next yeah you look at the radar you see Lamar Jackson in his third season he's up for a big payday because you got to understand Mike Lamar Jackson was a 32nd overall pick and, 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 and Baker Mayfield was number one. So Lamar Jackson is only making a fourth of what Baker's rookie contract is. And unlike Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson has a lot of things that he can say. I have more than Dak Prescott. I have one more league MVP than Dak Prescott. I have two and that's two multiple that's two two years of 3500 passing yards and a thousand rushing yards nobody's ever done that Lamar Jackson is the only quarterback in NFL history to have multiple rushing yards thousand yard seasons as a quarterback the only guy to do that was Randall Cunningham and Michael Vick so you see that and then you see the talent of Lamar Jackson and then next thing you know who's next it might maybe Baker next it may be Justin Herbert in the near future this only catapults Mike for it only benefits the, the next guy up and that's Lamar I would say this it, it benefits the next guy up that, that that takes advantage and capitalizes on the opportunity like, like this is a big year for Lamar Jackson coming up this year on all fronts as far as his production and his consistency throughout the regular season along with what he does in the postseason assuming that, that they reach that point this is a huge year for him um, if he comes in there, he has an incredible season and looks as stellar as he looked the last couple of years, then, yes, he 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 will definitely get that big payday. But um, if we see a decrease in his play and all of a sudden he doesn't look like the Lamar Jackson that uh, that uh, we that we saw the last couple of years, then that's that's when it's going to be dicey. And that's when you're going to see the speculation and the 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 hesitance to get him, get him that kind of money. So uh, I, I definitely expect to see the, the production of. Lamar Jackson and some of the other players get up so they can't get their money. But yeah, this was a this was this all this was was like you said a stepping stone for for guys like Lamar and others and the the next predecessors to get paid. Yeah, absolutely there for sure. Lamar Jackson since entering 2017, only Patrick Mahomes has a better QBR since 2017 than Lamar. And like Patty, Lamar has an MVP. So big year for the Baltimore Ravens quarterback there for sure. One thing I know about Baltimore, though, they do take care of their own. They, they, mm-hmm. they've, historically, they've taken care of their own. Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, J- even Joe Flacco when he won the Super Bowl MVP. They, they do take care of their own um, there for sure. Other big names in the NFL free agency, Mike, <clears throat> the Patriots making a big splash. Obviously, they picked up Trent Brown from the Raiders. Big move because they needed help in that to solidify that offensive line. We know today they signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal. Cam saying and I am athlete that I can't go out like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't tell me there's 32 quarterbacks out there that's better than me. And so this is a big year for Cam Newton. So the Patriots, Mike, fourth most cap going into free agency. they got a lot of holes. They need weapons on the outside. Julian Edelman at 34 years old can't be your number one. They have uh, – they need guys at the tight end position. They haven't been the same since Gronk. 
Obviously, quarterback is still a position. Do they draft for quarterback at 14, even though they signed uh, Cam uh, in this one-year deal? So fourth highest cap to work with in free agency, and they took care and solidified that offensive line. Um, some key things that I've seen thus far. Yeah, definitely. With the Patriots, uh, this is a this is an old-school mentality that Robert Crabb, Bill Belichick, and these guys have of not uh, getting caught up in the, in the sauce of the, of the moment and understanding that, you know, things take time and it's a process and one year, when you can't get everything that you want out of uh, a quarterback in one year when you, you just come off a 20-year run with another quarterback. It takes time to develop. Uh, of course, there are going to be stretches and bad times throughout one year, but then – but. I feel like with the Patriots, what they did with here with re-signing Cam shows the respect that they have for him, not only for his competitive nature, because they know how motivated he's going to be coming into next season, and we're going to run it back, and we're going to do, we're going to correct some of the wrongs that we had on our end, and we we uh we know that you're going to hold yourself accountable, and you're gonna uh you're gonna right, right some of the wrongs that you had last year as well, and we're gonna we're gonna put this thing together, and this we're gonna do it the Patriot way, get some weapons on the outside for you and things like that. But I I, I feel like. The, the biggest takeaway for me was that they really respected his competitive nature to bring him back and to run him back and understand that things take time and we, we have a real shot to make some something happen next year. Absolutely, there for sure. More moves to come. I do think uh, – I think the Patriots, they're ready to spend this offseason. Oh, yeah. They're ready to spend big. Oh, yeah. I think it, it left a kind of like a slap to Bill Belichick's face seeing Tom win at his seventh. And so the, the Patriots are trying to get back in the mix, but they know they need a roster. They need, a, they need a roster. I think they're ready to spend. Speaking of Brady, he said that he wanted to play till past 45 or till 45. Well, <laughs> the, the Buccaneers made sure that they made that happen, Mike. But question is for the Buccaneers is they still got problems. They obviously tagged uh, uh, Chris Godwin, um, so he's going to get the, the franchise tag. And they also paid Levante David. That was huge. You have to keep yeah. David and White together if you want to potentially be in the running to go back-to-back. But Shaquille Barrett, Mike, two-time mm-hmm. MVP, um, 26 and a half sacks the last two seasons. Um, I mean, you saw, I mean, in New Orleans against Drew Brees, he was the guy that wreck havoc against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. He's the guy that collapsed, and I mean collapsed that, that pocket. And then we know what happened against Patrick Mahomes and what they did. So Shaquille Barrett, I mean, it, it, he took a franchise tag last year, but he's ready to get paid. And he's yeah. already a two-time Super Bowl MVP 2015 with the Broncos and last year with the Buccaneers. It's time for him to cash in. So do do the Bucs like do, do the Bucks have enough money to pay all these guys to keep this nucleus core to per, perhaps go and, and do an encore? No, they don't. And and then that's why you're starting to see the divide with you know Shaq Barrett and what they're gonna do with him and where he's gonna end up being next season. But Sebby, we have this problem every year with Super Bowl champions. There's always there's always this problem of who we're gonna keep the year after winning a championship because the asset of these players grows tremendously based on their production of getting all the way to the Super Bowl and winning. So these guys are looking for their money. They're looking to be paid. They're they're looking at themselves as high high level ball players that 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 are searching for that, those max dollars. So. Shaq Barrett, um, it's, it's going to be tough to pay everybody. It's going to be tough to bring the whole nucleus back. But you, you, you solidified the core linebackers, like you said, Devin White, Levante, David. That's you have a foundation, and when you have a foundation, you can build and plug other pieces in from that. You know, so um, I, 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 if they lose Shaq Barrett, I don't see that as being the biggest loss because they have a foundation. It's going to be a loss. Don't get me wrong, but if they can plug in some pieces there. A, a lot and, and and find and find maybe another weapon offensively to give Brady now that you have extended him that that'll make the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh perfectly fine in, as far as um how they're gonna look next year. 
both Indonikik Sue and Shaq Barrett are set to be, um, you know, unrestricted free agents. We'll see what happens. But one thing I know, Mike, somebody's going to back up the dunk truck on Shaquille. I mean, Knights oh, yeah. backs last year. Um, and it's going to be hard for the Bucks to keep him. I think what's interesting is unlike the NBA, you get a guy five-year, 170 mil, and whatever. I think in the NFL, it's about the mat, it's about the, the annual guaranteed money, the fully guaranteed money. Oh, yeah. So if you're like the Philadelphia Eagles or if you're like the Colts, you, you're going to give this guy 20 because he's looking for 20, 25 plus a year. So mm-hmm. the Bucks got to be like, OK, well, if if the, the, the Colts are given if the Colts are given 25 million a year, I could give Shaquille 22, 23. Because we're in in-state. We don't pay no state taxes here in Florida. And I know you can make that money back. And plus, we just won the Super Bowl. So perhaps that may be entice him to kind of stay and take less. Because you're kind of going to make that back. If you go to Indy, they're going to take those taxes. But then again, it, it's all about the fully guaranteed and how much you're going to be making a year. I think that's the key thing. Because <clears throat> when you're ready to cash in, you can get 70 mil. But I want to know what's my you know, fully guaranteed money. And I wonder how much I'm making annually. I think that's going to be the key to see if they could uh, keep Shaquille. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he's going to, but he's not budging. He's he's going for the top. He's going for the guzzler and he's not going to allow Tampa Bay to lowball him or anything like that. He's setting his standard. He's setting his price. He wants to be paid as the top uh, defensive end or one of the top uh, defensive linemen in the league. And he's, and he's going to stand on that. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how, who, who, how how it plays out as far as, you know, who's going to, when that wager, when that wager between um, organizations, and, and, and Mike, if he's asking for Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack money, you can't blame the guy. The guy, no, I mean, the guy's <laughs> unbelievable. I, I don't think he's just a pass rusher, but he plays a critical role for that defense. He sets the edge, right? Oh, yeah. He sets the edge, gap control. You know, Bill Belichick talks about that a lot. Gap control. He sets the edge. He's great against the run. I mean, obviously, we know how great he is <laughs> again after your quarterback. So. If he's asking for Aaron Donald and Khalil McMahon, you can't really blame the guy. So, again, oh, yeah. I, I think it goes back to the fully guaranteed and the annual yearly income that he's asking for. Yeah, they, they, they definitely does. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing if they'll, if they'll make that move because if they do make the move, it's going to be hard to, to, to plant some other seeds somewhere else or, 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 or potentially get some other weapons for Brady. So, we'll see. You'll see. Absolutely there for sure. Other key names. Um, we talk we if you want to go down the list of position by position, top rated receivers coming in this free agency. Kenny Galladay of the Lions. We know the Lions there in disarray. Um, so he's probably looking he, he's probably wide receiver number one, Mike. When healthy, this guy is is very productive. You got um Corey Davis in Tennessee looking to cash in. Juju Smith Schuster. We want to see what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. He's He's, he's uh, set to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, you look at the tight ends, Hunt, Hunter, Henry, Johnny Smith from the Titans. Uh, those are two guys you're looking at. Um, Yannick Ngakwe, he's, he's probably getting ready to cash in. So there's a lot of big names to keep an eye out on. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm, I'm looking forward to see where Yannick goes because it's about time Yannick, Yannick, Yannick gets his, his money. And, and his just do, but Kenny Dollar, Kenny Galladay, you you brought up a great point about him because um, you know he's 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 looking to get paid, and I actually see my New York Football Giants as a high uh, destination for him to go. We need a number one receiver, somebody to set the edge for all the other number twos that we have on our team, and also it'll take some of the um, the weight off of Saquon when he comes back in the running game too, and make him more effective. So the New York Giants are a, a key destination. I see Kenny Dollar Galladay potentially going. 
So um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. You know me, Seven. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, this is probably the best uh, free agency in recent memory. I can't think of any other in recent memory, probably in the last few seasons, that there's quality quarterbacks in this free agency. We know Carson Wentz, the domino effect fell. He's an indie. We know Dak Prescott got paid, so he's not going anywhere. But you still have Russell Wilson, who's engaging in the Seahawks. They are engaging in trading packages for Russell Wilson. <laughs> Mike, it's laughable to me. I don't know how you'd want to trade away that guy. But uh, nevertheless, he's in the block, and we know about Deshaun Watson too. So if you're a team, Mike, uh, w- what's it going to take to get any of these powerhouse quarterbacks because we know production wise, you know what they'll give you, but seems to me you're going to have to pay a stiff price. Oh, you're going to have to pay the heaviest price you could possibly pay because Houston on one hand for, uh, for Houston, Houston does not want to give up Deshaun Watson. Houston wants to stick with Deshaun. Houston believes that they are the quarterback for the future. They signed a contract uh, last, last season, uh, believing that he was the guy moving forward for them. So, the, so that, that, that's the mentality, the mentality that they have, even with bringing in a new head coach and everything. So, uh, he, he, it's going to take a lot for Houston to do that. I, I do believe that eventually, if Deshaun Watson does not want to play for the Houston Texans, he will have to force retirement. He would, it would have to get that deep for him because I don't see a scenario where Houston is trying to get rid of that much of that asset. I, I just don't see it. But Seattle, Seattle as well. I mean, but, but the thing with Seattle is Russell Wilson seems very unhappy. And the fact that, you know, I just, I just, it's going to be interesting this, for me because when you publicly call out your offensive line, and you yeah. publicly you just publicly say things like that. It's gonna be hard for you to go back into that locker room with with as much credence and and and, um, and and leadership that that you have. It's it's gonna be hard looking those guys in the eye saying that they're the reason that you've been getting hit when it's actually been a two way streak. If you really think about it, you know you could say that the offensive line hasn't been there as well, but there's been plenty of times when you've held the ball long, longer, longer than. Than you should have, and you should have gotten the ball up out of there, and then and that's how you've gotten hit. So it's a two-way street when it comes to the offensive line and your 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 uh, willingness to hold the ball too long. So it's it's a it's a it's a weird situation in Seattle. But uh, I, I don't see them really trading him as well unless he's too unhappy and they find they find a way to get it done. But uh, it's with when you have two quarterbacks that are that have locked in contracts, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. For, it's gonna take a stiff price. It's gonna take an arm and a leg for them to even entertain getting rid of their franchise quarterbacks. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely there for sure. We know Russell Winston enlisted Dallas. Well, that's out the door now. Oh. But you still got uh, Chicago, New Orleans, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I think Mike Sierra has something to do with this. I, I think oh, Sierra yeah. really has something to do with this <laughs> Russell Wilson thing because you wake up, it, it rains. I've been to Seattle. Four, to, four out of the seven days it rains. It, it, and I like nature. But you just get tired, Mike. I mean, Sierra's a city girl. She's a performer. Yeah, she man. Is, she, she, she's a public figure. She wants to be out where Chi-Town, right? Third largest market in America. She, mm. You know, mentioned Dallas. Dallas is fifth. Las Vegas. What I, Everybody want to be in Vegas. And then, of course, New York. And may, maybe the Jets make a move. Mm. We don't know under certain way Sam Donald, uh, what's going on. But she just wants out of Seattle. And I think that's... I think that that was a part of of him making that list there for sure. But out of those four teams, who would realistically ha- have like something that the the you know the Seahawks are gonna want? Because you're gonna have to give picks, and then probably multiple picks. You're probably gonna have to give uh, a draft assets, maybe a, a solid player. So out of those teams, who are you looking at? I would say the Chicago Bears. 
I, I love I love that as far as the product on the field, I would say the the Chicago Bears because the Chicago Bears have a win now defense, and yeah. with Russell yeah. Wilson yeah. with with a, a quarterback of Russell Wilson's caliber, that team can be a Super Bowl contending team right now with Russell Wilson. Like that's that's the one team I see on the list that can be a contending team right now. Now, if you're bringing Sierra in the mix and, you, and you're talking about the, the fact that you know she potentially has a lot to do with it, and I'm sure she does, but if if, if she has a, a huge influence on this move, then I, I don't see too many places better than New York City, you know, yeah. to be honest with you. But it really depends on what it's about. Is it about the product on the field and the best situation for Russell Wilson, or is it about, you know, the, uh, you know, what Sierra wants and things of that nature, or is it a combination of both, a way that they can come together and stuff like that? So on the field, I'm going with Chicago. But as far as you know, Sierra, as far as you know, the bright lights and things like the city life, New York City, of course. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with there for both of both of these guys, Russ and Deshaun Watson. If if I'm the Miami Dolphins, I think that's that's a solid pick. I don't Ooh. know why you guys haven't added them to their list. Brian Flores, he's building a culture there. You know where he comes from. He's a Bill Belichick guy. They had, last year, the third-ranked defense. We know how elite that secondary is, right? Yeah. Something yeah. that maybe Russell Wilson remembers. The Legion of Boom, yeah. that rings the bell. I, I think that situation for both Russell and Deshaun works very well. It's Miami. I mean, they got a casino that they're building down there, Mike. You know, Tory Lanes, you got DJ Khaled, you got all the, <laughs> the artists that always want to be in KOD, you know, Rose's City, you know. So <laughs> why not? Why not Miami? And, and unlike Miami, they have they have things that they have assets that are intriguing. They got the third overall pick this year. They're looking for a wideout. But if you trade that to get Deshaun or or Russell Wilson, that works. You can also package two Ataga Valora for that, right? And mm-hmm. then maybe some extra draft picks. So I'm I'm interested to see because I think Miami has a lot to offer. You look at Chicago, you're going to have to give up a lot. I mean, it, 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 the, you know, Seattle's going to ask for Khalil Mack. You're probably going to hang up the phone, right? Oh, yeah. You know, actually in New Orleans, they're going to ask for Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara. You're going to hang up the phone. So, I mean, it's 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 a lot. But I think Miami has has something that I think that is – that is doable. You can package to to attack by lower the third overall pick this year, mm. maybe your first overall pick next year and 2023. So there's there's things that you could do. Um, so I'm not sure why Miami's not on these guys' radar. That's that's an interesting take, and I feel like because he's not on the radar, is how 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 sure or how how confident do you believe Miami <laughs> is in is truly is in Tua? Like, do you feel like they they see a future with him, or do you feel like they're really out here? trying to ship him and trying to trying to find a package of potentially getting one of these top quarterbacks. Right. Absolutely there for sure. I wouldn't count up Matt Rule and Panthers too in Carolina. Um they've got some weapons there too. Um Anderson on the outside. We know how great Christian McCaffrey is. Um and, and they've publicly made that they're looking to move from Teddy Bridgewater. I think that experiment kind of you know is starting to die out. Um Matt Rule, we know how great of an offensive genius he is too in Carolina. So I wouldn't rule them out, but I, I think I think like Miami's a live, a live, live situation for any of these two guys. No, for sure. If you think about the combination of the defense, the combination of the culture that Brian Flores has brought to this team, absolutely, a, a, a top notch or one of these quarterbacks would definitely fit perfect, and, and they will put them in a different level of contention. So yeah, absolutely. It, and plus, and trust me, think think about the combination of any of those quarterbacks going against Josh Allen twice a year. That that would be special. Yep, and that you can never special. count out Bill Belichick teams as well that that would be 
great. The AFC Elise would quickly turn to the AFC Beast, right? Oh, I think. Yeah. Big I time. Think so. Big time. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show. We shift gears now. Our second episode will be back. Inside the studio is the WNSC. And we are back here on a second segment here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Opulent inventory. That's right. Opulent inventory. Any Apple item. Promo code podcast. 20% off on any Apple item. I got mine. Yes, that's right. I got my 10X um, Apple item for myself. So promo code podcast. Opulent inventory gets you the Apple product of your dreams. Our next guest today is a Bay Area native, and she is also a sister, which is great. And we also love those on our show. Great contributor for the Giants and the A's, Miss Shanice I'm great. I'm, Eagles I'm really happy is with to us today. How are you? You guys' platform. It is. <laughs> awesome, awesome. This is long overdue. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So. Uh, first off, I wanted to uh, talk to you about, um, obviously, a big moment last week. It was uh, Women International Day, and we understand how women play a major role and a major impact in a very male-dominated industry. So um, thoughts on that, and, and I wanted to get your viewpoints well, it's, it's on extremely, what that day really means and um, how significant it is. Significant. Um, just recently, I was just watching um, um, NBA TNT where Candace Parker had to put Shaquille O'Neal in his place. Um, and that was really a big uh, momentous moment in, in women's history because it's it's been said that women don't know as much basketball or baseball or any other sport um, than their male, their male counterpoint, uh, counterpart, counterpoints, uh, part, excuse me. And so that moment, again, it was very momentous and it proved that women... Uh, specifically black women belong in these platforms where, where they can share their uh, their voice, um, their analytics, um, just their, their entire perspective on the game of basketball. Yeah, uh, Shanice, a pleasure to have you on the yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. Again. I appreciate it. Um, talk, talk to me about, you know, being on the West Coast, being out there, your, your love for becoming a, a journalist and a reporter. The, the access that you have, you know, being connected to so many different sports and so many different, you know, entities out there on the West Coast side, how how it it, it, it catapulted your love for the game. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Ironically, I had known that being a, a journalist, a reporter was an option um, for women. I grew up playing the game of basketball, but not had really thought about being a journalist. And I knew that during that time in the 90s, I'm mean, 28, so during the 90s, um, there was, you know, the Sher Swoops and the, the Lisa Leslie's, um, but they had not transitioned to becoming reporters. And so I just thought it was just, you know, essentially a hoop dream. And if I didn't want to hoop, <laughs> I couldn't be around the game of basketball. Um, so as I got older, um, and still was playing and wanted to be around the game, 
male analysts were just dominating and dominating. And I fell in love with, you know, the Chris Rebbers and the Kenny Smiths and uh, the Chris Broussards. And um, I've always said to myself, why isn't there women um, in this, in this realm, in this, in this platform? And so (laughs) once I got to college, um, there was um, essentially a platform uh, for women to become a journalist. And I started to educate myself and um, find just networking opportunities and, and, and more and more women sports reporters had become um, a hot commodity, quote unquote, throughout the years, but it's still very much just marginalized. Um, but my experience here in the West Coast, being a Bay Area native and now living here in Los Angeles, um, while it's it's still a little challenging to navigate as a Black woman, um, there are so many pockets and resources to find. And what I really love here about Los Angeles is that athletes are not hitting. They're not hitting at all. And you mm-hmm. may see your favorite athlete at an open gym, and they may be willing to um, do an interview with you. You know, their trainers are out here. The kids are out there. The kids go to school here. The family's here. Um so that way, it's been very beneficial for me to build. <laughs> well, I actually tell this story um, all the time. Um, perhaps one of the nicest, like, um, athlete I ever met um, was Des Bryant. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, he gets, he, he has this aura about himself that, the, well, not even an aura, this perception um, that's placed on him and um he's a really great guy um his energy was great he was willing he was open he was very transparent very well spoken um and he was just a like just in a, a light <laughs> and i had been surprised that was my first time meeting des and from what i've heard on espn and other just media platforms he wasn't this this guy that I was meeting. Um, but my experience with with Dez was one of my most favorite. He, along with Johnny Manziel, um, Johnny Manziel was another light that I met and interviewed and had a, had a very great um, interaction with. And it just threw me for a loop because, you know, you hear all this media talk about these guys and their attitudes and the way they carry themselves. Um, but what I, what I, what I met and interviewed was just two great men, gentlemen. Um, also, Montrez Harold, he was another another great interview for me. Um, he was willing, he was open, he was signing a lot of interviews with the kids. He was doing a ton, a, a ton of of media, um, and he's also one of those guys here in Los Angeles where he's not hard to find. He's always participating in charity events. If anyone in LA is having a charity event, you can perhaps find um, Montrez there doing his thing and putting on for the kids and um, putting on for his team, whether it be the Clippers, uh, formerly the Clippers, but now um, the Lakers. Awesome. Awesome there for sure. Um, A week ago to this day, um, the theatrics of the All-Star game happened in Atlanta. And um, we know that Steph Curry won the three-point contest. I think that was the most given. Uh, um, sure. Anthony Simmons, um, Cassius, uh, and, and what's his name? Cassius Stanley, they, they kind of blew me off the water. I didn't know they had that much bunnies. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was pretty interesting there. But obviously, obviously Anthony winning that. Mm-hmm. And Demodis Sabonis winning the skills challenge and Team LeBron dominating 
the actual All-Star game. What are your thoughts overall on what we saw last week? Before we transition to um, the overall All-Star game, I want to talk about um, Cassius. I <laughs> saw Cassius at the Ball is Life event um, I was covering, and as well as um, I covered some games at, games at Sierra Canyon, which is his former high school here in Los Angeles. And uh, I, I think the NBA should look into changing the I know the plan, the platform, the landscape um, of the dunk contest. Because when I tell you, when I tell you guys, this kid has a package. His dunk package is different, insane. He should have won that dunk contest, but you know the the big lights and you know the celebrities and the you know under the stars or whatever. I think he may have been a, a bit nervous, but also. I don't think he was giving enough opportunity to complete or do, you know, his dunks or go into his back. When I tell you guys, this young man has a package. We are resuming back with our conversation with Shanice Nicole here. So um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the All-Star game and, and what, what we saw um, from last weekend's festivities down there in Atlanta. Uh, give us your overall viewpoints and, and your takeaways on that. You know what? Sure. Um, <laughs> for me, it was it was it was sort of watching the Stephen Curry show. <laughs> he wanted the, the three point contest and just a, a very dramatic fashion at the very end there. He clipped Michael Ken, uh, Mike Conley to win that. And I think people have been sleeping on Steph. Mm-hmm. This um, this season because he does not have the team behind him behind him that he once had, but he really inserted himself in this All Star game as still the best point guard in the NBA. And to me, the point guards in general they really showcase their talent in this All Star game from Damian Lillard. <laughs> being Dame, right? Hitting those buckets with three minutes to go in the All-Star game and in Dame time fashion. From CP3 being a great floor general um, and just being a great ambassador ambassador for the NBA and, and implementing the HBCU and having this representation. He is pioneering all of this that we're seeing in this change and that we're seeing in the NBA. So for me, guys, it was just <laughs> the showcasing of three great point guards um, that's, during the that's NBA All-Star Weekend. That, that's interesting. You said a few things there. Um, I think Chris Paul is the best leader in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what he does off the court, and we know what you know he provides on the court. But um, to you, I, I, I mentioned this to Michael a couple weeks ago. I said, I, I still think Steph Curry is underrated because <laughs> you think about the top players in the NBA, you don't even hear his name being mentioned. You hear Kawhi. You know, obviously AD, LeBron, and all these guys, but Curry's not in that top five range. But you said something that was interesting. I want to bring this to you. Do you actually think Steph is better than Dame? Like, if if you had to, if you were a GM or an executive out of the two, you would actually still pick Steph over Dame? I'd pick Steph um, over Dame. Um, because I'm, I really don't know. I've never seen Dane play well within the system with other great players. Sure, CJ McCollum 
is a great player in his own right, but he's only one player. And so it's just he and Damian Lillard basically playing back and forth or take your turn in these basketball games. So Damian Lillard hasn't really asked to flourish and play in a system um, on a championship team. I think immediately, um, for immediate results, I will p- I pick Damian Lillard uh, because he was he was great. You know, his first year out of Weber, winning um, rookie rookie of of the year. So in that media, I mean, excuse me, the the um, immediate aspect, I will choose Dave because I felt like he was more um, NBA ready because he spent three years at Weber State. But just in like long term, I'm I'm heading for I'm I'm picking. Stephen Curry, uh, because he's been groomed. Um, in my opinion, he's a better passer. Not saying that Dame can pass. I'm not saying Stephen Curry is a great passer. Um, but I believe Steph, uh, uh, Stephen Curry is a better passer than Dame. He's a better shooter um, than Dame. And believe it or not, he's a better help defender um, than Damian Lillard. I haven't <laughs> really seen Dame. Um, increased defensively since he got in the league and he's a fairly younger um, than Damian Lillard. Um, Stephen Curry's a two-time NBA champion. And you said that people often forget that Stephen Curry um, is a great player, but I don't think that's what it is. I I think that um, he's been injured. That's what it was. And then unfortunately, Clay went down and Durant left and it's just been bad timing for Steph. But about two, three years ago, we were talking about Stephen Curry being the best player in the NBA. That was the talk about, that was the talk two or three years ago. So I'm definitely um, going with a, a Stephen Curry versus a Damian Lillard. Interesting thoughts. Your thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah, that's very, that's very interesting. Um, this, you know, when you think about Steph and Dame, like Steph is one of those guys that, his his because he's such a great shooter because he's the greatest shooter of all time. His floor spacing and his IQ sets him apart from all the other point guards in the game. Like mm-hmm. Damian Lillard is one of the guys for me. Damian Lillard would be a much a much better player if he dropped his average from around thirty close to thirty points per game to about twenty three twenty four points per game, and his assists went up and got his teammates mm-hmm. much more involved. But she brings up a great point about Damian Lillard not. Uh, we, we, we're not really knowing how his ceiling could be because we haven't seen him play with other great superstars. We've seen it with Steph. We've seen it with Kyrie. We've seen it with, you know, some of those, those other top guards. But we've never really seen that with Dame. He's been in that one situation in Portland throughout his entire career with the best player probably being C.J. McCullough uh, on his roster. So that, 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 that brings up a great perspective. I would still personally take Steph over Dame. But um, it's, it's, it's a lot closer. It has a lot to do with just the floor spacing and the IQ of it all. Right. I would definitely agree. I definitely agree there. And of course, obviously the all-star game MVP was Giannis. Um, anytime you you hit a lot of layups and dunks, you should go 60 for 16. Um, and he had 35 points overall. Um, the narrative with Giannis, a lot of people's not really talking about him. Mm-hmm. Back to back league MVP. Um, and obviously now an all-star, Kobe Bryant all-star MVP, but I think his postseason failures mm-hmm. is starting to catch up on how great he is. And you, you don't hear his name being talked about a lot. So uh, moving into the second half of the season, what, 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 in your terms, what do you think Giannis needs to do to get back to, uh, you know, that elite starting potential that he is? <laughs> you know, 
or for me, I believe Giannis potential is it's what it's going to be. Um, I think um, for Giannis to be successful, he needs a point guard um, like Chris Paul. One that can penetrate and get him buckets, easy buckets. When you see a a point guard like Chris Paul, you know, (laughs) Blake Griffin hasn't been an all-star since, you know, he, um, he parted ways with CP3 and he had DeAndre Jordan essentially playing like an all-star. Um, so I, I think a player like Giannis would benefit from having a point guard. He's being asked to play like this, this point forward where he's bringing, you know, the basketball up. He's handling the ball too much, in my opinion. And while he can shoot the three, he can take the three, he's not really a great three-point shooter. And what you're seeing in the playoffs is that the floor is shrinking and he can't really shoot. Um, he's not a, he can handle the ball, but I don't want him to be my primary ball handler. Um, and he has maybe one or two or, or perhaps three moves he can use. And I feel like everyone's accustomed to his movement and to, and, and to his pulse moves. So I feel like it's, it's been rather difficult um, for Giannis to transition to that player we know he can be because he hasn't gotten better. He's been consistently um, the same person for the last two years. He definitely needs someone who can make it easier for him to get a bucket. Um, I don't see the Bucks being a threat um, this uh, up-and-coming postseason. Because because of that. That's interesting. That's interesting. So the, the question becomes now, is there somebody out there uh, obviously, the, the Chris Pauls don't grow on trees, but is there somebody in the deadline? Is there somebody perhaps in the offseason you paid this guy max dollars for the next five seasons and he, you've invested the entire franchise with him? Is there somebody out there um, as we head into the second half of this season that, that can help the Bucks, um in that role? Yeah, um, if the numbers work, um, they should really take a closer look at a Kyle Lowry. Um, he does not demand the basketball. He's not, um, the basketball doesn't stick with Kyle. Um, he's a floor general. He's a proven champion and he can shoot the three. So you have to respect that. You have to play on him. Um, that will leave Giannis open for, um, closer to the rim buckets. I think he and Giannis would be a fantastic fantastic fit a fantastic one-two punch with um Kyle Lowry playing outside the three-point line and um Giannis playing more in the middle yep I agree and you and of course Kyle brings that defense on the opposite end Mm -hmm. as well Uh, Mike I'll let you lead off this is our favorite time of our, our our show where we you know obviously get into and dig and dive to the personal life of our guests I'm gonna let you go ahead with it, Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a this or that. We we do either this or that, or we do. Oh overrated. man. <laughs> we do we do either this or that, or we do overrated or underrated. You know, whether it's sports or you know culture, life, anything, perspective. So I'll start it off simple with this. Um, this or this or that in the future All Star um, weekends, leading off as the as the headliner, the dunk contest or the three point contest. Oh, 
ooh, ooh, ooh. So would I pick? I would. I would say this or that. Yeah, like, do you see the All Star Game? Uh, like, you know how it's always been the dunk contest being the last one on Saturday night. Do you see the three point contest taking over that in the future, or do you see them sticking to the dunk contest as being the head, like the Ooh, the closing out, the headline? Yeah, I, I, I definitely see the three point contest pioneering mm-hmm. um, NBA All Star Weekend, um, simply because we are in a three point era, and unfortunately, these superstar athletes are not participating in the dunk contest and fear that a loss will hurt their, you know, or damage their endorsement deals. Okay. Interesting. 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 All right. I didn't, I didn't think you picked that actually, but not given the point that they're talking about, maybe perhaps a four point line or whatever. So I see where you guys are coming from Uh, this or that. Because I've noticed that you've covered both of them, or you've been to uh, um, either concerts, kidding, or, um, gosh, who's that other dude that you were on on the uh, on the concert with? If I'm not mistaken, um, help me out here. You know who I'm talking about? <laughs> D Smoke. Oh, yes, D Smoke. Yes, kidding or D Smoke? Um, it's Kid Ink definitely has the the longer. Um, catalog (laughs) in terms of just commercial music and being on the radio um but d smokes really put on a fantastic show and he's very invested in his art he's invested in giving the fans um as well as the youth a message and a good show and the guy can rap in spanish um so i'm gonna go with d smoke I'm going D Smoke too. D Smoke, nice, Seth. Special. You nice. You nice. You nice. I give you that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, LeBron or KD? Um, to me, it's not even. It's not close because I really admire um, LeBron James um, as one of the pillars. Um, for the African American youth, and I really love his, I really love his um, off the court activity. Um, he's been a mentor. Um, he's been a leader. Um, he's been a man of his word. So um, I'm going to go with King James. Okay. Interesting. Um, Queen B or Renavy? <laughs> Renavy, who's that? Okay, Rihanna. Rihanna. <laughs> Ooh. And Queen B would be Little Kim. Oh uh, no, that'd oh, be Queen Beyonce. B, okay. Um, yeah. That's not close either <laughs> for me. For me, <laughs> you have to remember, like you know, I grew up in the '90s. Well, I was a child in the '90s, and before, yeah, before child, she right. was Beyonce, yeah. she was you know Destiny's Child, and she had a few um, guest appearances on '90s sitcom. And so you fell in love with her based on that alone. So the love for Beyonce has is nostalgic and it's been there for a very long time. And so it, it have to be B. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Michael Jackson or Prince? Oh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson. And, and only because I feel like anyone can identify with Mike. Michael Jackson, whether you're young, old, middle-aged, no matter what age you are, I think his music is made for 
um, everyone. When, what I really learned about Prince is that I, I meet a certain type of person who really enjoys uh, Prince. Not saying that Prince is not an icon because he truly is. Um, but I feel like uh, Prince has a more specific fan base and Michael Jackson is more international. Right, he's more global. I would agree with that. I would actually agree with that. I would actually agree with that. Um, just not not really off of you know who they are as in terms of entertainers, but just like personalities. Chloe Bailey or Tiana Taylor? God, um, you know what? <laughs> I love me some Chloe Bailey, um, uh, because I am in love with Grownish, and so. Before she had dropped the silhouette yes, challenge, it's a good show. before everyone was like on her, you know, wagon or whatever, um, mm-hmm. I've been watching uh, Chloe Bailey for about three years now. So I've seen her grow into this artist and this sex symbol and, and this person, this personnel on on social media. And not to say that Tiana, uh, Tiana Taylor isn't dope because she truly is, and she's multifaceted. She can sing, she can act. Um, she can pretty much do yeah. anything. That's yeah, my she's pick. She's like but... a, a female yeah. Jamie Foxx or, or Drake or something of that nature. Um, but I feel more like I know Chloe because I've been watching her on my TV screen for the past three years. Hmm. Nice. Who are you, who are you going with that, Mike? Or Chloe or uh, Tiana Taylor? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard, man, because I just, I just started watching uh, uh, Growners with my lady. And uh, okay. Chloe, Chloe kind of alright, man. But I ain't gonna lie, Tiana Taylor. I just saw her in the the, the new coming to America, man. That's yeah, hard, man. It's hard. For her. Yeah, it's just tough. It's tough. I probably would lean towards Tiana, though. I probably lean towards. Yeah, Tiana. Tiana. I think, like you mentioned, she's more multifaceted and stuff. But I can't deny Chloe having mm-hmm. a year because. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I'm gonna go. Um, did you did you see the new coming to America? I Indiana? did. Let me ask you this: Overrated or underrated? Underrated. Yeah, I, I liked it too. Underrated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? And the reason why I say it's underrated, people are under undervaluing undervaluing the fact that this story is truly one that is healthy in representation of the African American African American community. And you know, to be honest, we make a lot of movies that are traumatic and they're traumatizing. Um, yeah. But with this film, you can really just sit down and, and detox and, and have fun with your friends or your your significant other or whoever and laugh and feel connected and be reminded of its nostalgia. And they did a great job of implementing just where we are today. It's It was a perfect blend of then and now. Yeah. That that moment when people are talking about a movie that you haven't watched yet and you just uh, clueless. <laughs> yeah, it was- Good. You enjoy it, I I gotta watch it. I definitely gotta watch that. Uh, it's gonna be on my list. Um, let's go. Overrated, underrated. Ben Simmons. <sighs> oh boy! Wow, that's a really great <laughs> question because I really see the potential, and he's honestly improved. Um. Or, or or rated properly. That's an option as well. You said rated poorly. Properly rated okay. properly. Rated properly. <laughs> yeah, I like that. One. Okay, okay. And why would you say? That? Um, I feel like when he first came in the league, he was he was getting um, his due diligence. Um, 
getting his buzz and we saw the potential with you know with him being similar to a LeBron with with the height and being a a, a big guard um but like so many of these young players um I haven't seen that that jump from being good to great <laughs> um he's still he's still not shooting um respectful uh respectfully um as an NBA um basketball player and as your point guard um and with that it's hard to space the floor although in Embiid is having a fantastic year he's my MVP um it's still hard challenging to get that floor spacing if your point guard can't shoot um but no one is dis- disrespecting Ben I think the um noise has quieted in in the um his wave has really softened. Yeah. Um, but he's been a very yeah. valuable player right. for the Sixers. Right, absolutely. Great mm-hmm. defender. Um, you know, but I, I just think his game has limitations, especially in the playoffs where, you know, teams can game plan for you in a seven game series and that that can definitely um hinder them. Go ahead, Before Mike. I get to my question, do you agree, do you agree with him that he is the best defender in the NBA? Ben Simmons? Uh, when he came out and said that a few about a month ago or so, do you agree with? Um, he he yeah. he has the ability to guard one through five, well, small fours and fives, yeah. but um, he can switch one through five. But it's tough saying the best in the NBA. I, I still think Giannis is there. Anthony Davis is is great too. Uh, that's tough. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, he yeah. has he has the right. He is great. He's a great. He is a great defender in in his own right. So I can see why he would say that. Um, but I'm not just gonna mm. stick him in that number one slot as the um as <laughs> the best defensive player in the NBA. I have to see if he even makes an all defensive team. I and mean, if he is that great defensively, then he should be um in the talks um about being NBA uh defensive player of the year. So we'll see. Mm. Over overrated or underrated? Um Hmm. The twenty twenty the twenty twenty one Los Angeles Dodgers will be overrated or underrated? Hmm. <clears throat> Coming off a championship. Um, First since eighty eight. <laughs> they will be overrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I'd like, uh, yeah, I'd like well, to hear I just, why. I just feel like in the MLB, um, it's really challenging to win back to back or three peat. It's not the same um, as the NBA, where the best team or the best player um, wins all the time. Um, but I feel like just because they are in. LA and they do have one of the best players in the MLB um, being Mookie. Um, I think um, the noise is just going to be there. Los Angeles is very loud and we are the city of champions. So there's going to be that expectation and that assumption um, that it's going to happen again. Hmm. That's that's interesting. You said something very interesting to me. You think Mookie Betts is the best player in the majors, better than Trout, Mike Trout. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
I'm, I'm not I'm sure not about sure that. About <laughs> let's let's see. Let's see either. this season. Let's see. Let's see there as well. Um, overrated or underrated? You cover the uh, majors, so this is a good question for you. Not really the team that you cover, but very close to proximity. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm. You said overrated or under? Overrated properly. Can I can I say he's rated fairly? Yeah, yeah, he's pretty fair. Yeah, you can see it. Okay. Do Do you think that off of one year, the Padres, you know, they, they obviously they 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 gave they backed the dump truck and gave him a fourteen year contract. But do you think that it was too soon of a sample size for them to do that, or because you know I'm I'm of the uh, I'm of I'm one of those that like I have to <laughs> see two, three, four years in before I give a deal like that. Well, I, what's your you know, thoughts on that? <laughs> I'm really one of those one of those people who who really believes that life is too short. <laughs> and if you have a player, um, I, I definitely think a team should take advantage of the talent that they have and and lock it in. It's not like the team where the MLB is going to run out of any money anytime soon. Um, so if it's a bad mm-hmm. investment. Um, that shall pass. But if it turns out to be a good investment, um, it just makes for a better franchise. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That's very, that's very interesting. Um, let's see. This or that. I'll go back to this or that. Uh, horror films or comedy films? Oh my films? God, you can't do this to me. You cannot do this to me. <laughs> Are you really gonna? Can I? Can I pick both? Uh, sure, but it's. I'm sure it's one you lean towards Damn. more than the other. I'm sure. Damn, yeah. you guys. <laughs> Mike with the bridge. Oh my questions. god. Um, <laughs> I am. I am an avid horror film watcher, um, but I love me a good comedy film. Um, as it is a um, an avenue to healing and connection, so I'm gonna go with comedy. Good point. Well, out of the out of both horror and comedy, what's the last great horror film and great comedy? Um, damn horror film! I, <laughs> I haven't watched a great horror film in a while, and I've been waiting on that new Candyman. Um, but horror film, um, I would have to say, I'm gonna go way back, maybe two years now. Us was really great. And Get Out was mm. was great. Um, Us was great. Us and so Get those Out were was the really last good. two yeah. Um, that really caught my attention. I wasn't scared, and you know, it was it didn't have that jump factor, but psychologically, <laughs> it was it was fear. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I would put Queen Slim yeah. up there too. So. And so a comedy, yeah. comedy, yeah. comedy, comedy. Um, Coming to America too had me uh, going going a bit so i'm gonna put that up there for now gotcha awesome awesome and it's always a pleasure uh to have you on in fact shanice and i um this partnership is actually starting we're gonna be conducting interviews together so folks definitely stay in tune with that um for things to come but um we want to appreciate you for coming on on our platform and enlighten us with some of your works um as, as somebody that's definitely impacting 
a woman in this industry, of course, and everything else that you do as well. Folks, if you guys want to connect with Shanice, her information on her social media will be on the description box below. But Thank it was a pleasure guys. to have it's you a on. Pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for having me. And we have some dope stuff in store. We are hitting the ground running this summer. So please be on the lookout. No doubt. No doubt. Great having you on. Thank you so much, likewise. Yep. Definitely there for sure. And we are back here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, our third and final segment. We can't finish the show, Mike, without talking hoops. Let's start with the NBA. The NBA back from its all-star weekend layoff. Second half of the season, Mike. There's there's a lot of teams that's really trying to make a playoff push. And this is the time for it with things to watch, Mike. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, nah, definitely, definitely for sure. You know, it was some, it was some good basketball yesterday. You saw the Hawks wrap this game, come down to the buzzer, a big time win for the Hawks coming out of the break. Uh, we'll see if they continue that trend of having strong second half pushes uh, coming out, coming out of the All Star break. They, they've been very impressive in the second half of the season the last two years, and we'll see if they continue that trend this year. But I was impressed with what I saw from the the, the Brooklyn Nets versus the Boston Celtics as well. I mean, we, James Harden struggled. Didn't have an off game. Jason Tatum was out there putting on the show, had 31 points. But Kyrie Irving took over. And one of the main reasons that, that Kyrie took over was Sebi. Last night's game probably reminded him of those two years of practice that he had against Boston every day. You know, going against those players. I mean, going against Jalen Brown, going against Marcus Smart. I mean, he was just bugging against everybody. And it, it gave him in a relaxed state because – he used to do that. He, he used to he used to hit, go against those guys in practice every single day. So, you know, I, I feel like every time he goes against Boston, he's gonna make sure that he puts his stamp on the game and um and have a dominant performance like that. But Brooklyn, the way the way that they're playing right now, the way that they're rolling, uh, I just don't see a scenario where they fall off uh, uh too much, especially when KD comes back and then they work Blake in the form. This Brooklyn team, uh, I'm excited to see the the second half push that they have in the, in this postseason because uh, leading up to the postseason. Because right now they look like a juggernaut in the show in the Eastern Conference. And, um, yeah, especially. Yeah, I agree, too. I'll say this, Mike. See, if they were to pick up, if for any weird way, they were to pick up Andre Drummond on a buyout or on a trade, there's no need for me to watch basketball anymore. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd be tight. Like, <laughs> seriously, I'd be tight. You cannot have uh, five all-stars. Because at some point, all these guys would be all-stars at one point on the same team, and that would be your starting five. There's absolutely no reason to watch the National Basketball Association whatsoever at all. But <laughs> I want to get to one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. I want to talk about the uh, Phoenix Suns, what they've done, Mike. I mean, the, this team right here, they pretty much took all that momentum they had in the bubble and then said people thought that I was a fluke because it was an eight-game sample. What we're going to do, we're going to show a, a, a more body of work. We're going to show a larger sample size and then show you guys that, you know, we are for real. And 
Forever, whatever you want to say, Mike, about Chris Paul, everywhere he's gone, teams are better. You look at teams that have been fi- under 500. When Chris Paul is there, their records are over, not only 500, they're over 600 plus. So Chris Paul effect automatically being, I think, one of the best leaders in the NBA, if not the best. And then, of course, you know, being able to still develop young DeAndre Ayton. Devin Booker. I mean, what else can we say about this guy, too? He should be in the running for MVP as well. At least he should get some looks and some votes. But this Suns team, Mike, they are red hot. And again, since February 1st, they've only lost two or three games. I mean, this team is top five in offense, top five in defense, second in the West right now. And you're going to have to deal with them as the season progress. You're going to have to deal with them, Mike. Yeah, this Phoenix Suns team is very impressive because they have the perfect mix of a of a potential championship team as far as all the layers uh you need in, in in your system. And they have the big man, they have the 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 dominant guard, and they have the 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 leader, the 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 vocal leader who's like the an uh an extended coach on the court in Chris Paul. So it's it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. Monty Williams is doing a great job with this team. They have a, a great mix of veteran leadership and young guys who are ready to go right now and and make big time plays. Devin Booker uh, was amazing, especially in that fourth quarter last night against uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, but like, but like you said, Chris Paul's leadership, and not only his leadership on the court, but what he does off the court, as far as you know, putting putting guys in certain position, coaching them up, get getting the best out of them, making sure that everybody's locked in and and and, and um, held accountable for you know the grind and the and the the, the process of the season. So, the, this Phoenix Suns team is going to be a force to be reckoned with because on all facets of the game, when playoffs come around, they have every layer that you need in order to contend and really make hay in the Western Conference. Absolutely, absolutely there for sure. Other teams that kind of stood out to us, obviously, the Philadelphia 76ers, Mike, without Joel Embiid and without Ben Simmons, we understand Mm -hmm. that those guys are facing uh, protocol. But there's some guys that picked up the slack. Tobias Harris, 24 points. Um, Seth Curry, Danny Green. Um, this team, I, I st- for every time that I have question marks about this Philadelphia team, they just for some way uh, keep answering these questions. But we know the Sixers will be judged of what they do in the postseason and not in the regular season. Absolutely. But you're absolutely right, though. It was impressive to see what they did against a very competitive Chicago Bulls team yesterday coming off the break without Embiid and without Simmons. I was very impressed uh, with how with what I saw, especially from the, all the players you mentioned, Green and others. But I, I, I like what I saw from Matisse Thibault as well. Sebi, Matisse Thibault uh, came in the league known as a, as a lockdown defender. On the perimeter, he was giving, giving guards uh, fits all all game long. But um, his, his offensive game has improved uh, drastically. His three-point shooting has gotten up there. And if he can add that element to his game, that'll make him that much of, that much more of an asset because defenders won't have to leave him. They, they won't uh, treat it as a four-on-five on that side of the ball. He, they'll actually have to contest for him, which will open space for Simmons and others. So Matisse Thibault, what he brings on the defensive side of the ball, but offensively he impressed me last night. But, yeah, this is a well-oiled machine with these guys, uh, what they have in Philly. Um, when when they do get their guys back, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how they finish the season. But uh, we'll see how they fare tonight because they're going against the Wizards. So uh, on a back-to-back, I'm interested to see how they look against my yeah, Wizards. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. We're, we're going to be very interesting to see what they do on a back-to-back without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers just staying steady, staying steady. Perhaps, just perhaps, the road to the finals in the East may go through Philadelphia. Um, teams that are, you know, didn't perform in that first half of the season, looking to make moves, 
trying to get back in this hunt, the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, teams mm-hmm. like that. Um, perhaps even the Clippers. We know they need a point guard. The Lakers, they're trying to get a big man um, and another point guard play. So, um, interesting things to think about. I saw something one of my buddies said the other day, and he said that if Toronto, they haven't had a great season. And, you know, I, I do think that Fred Van Vliet is their point guard of the future. But if they were to move a guy like Kyle mm. Lowry, who's a vet, who's a champion, to reunite him with Kawhi Leonard, somebody told me that that would be the biggest trade deadline move this offseason. Your thoughts on that, Mike? That would make the Clippers versus the Brooklyn Nets almost a lock in the NBA Finals, depending on the situation and depending on the other moves that are made in the on that other team in the Los Angeles Lakers. But um, that that would be amazing because it would rekindle uh, uh, Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard with Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry performs had some of his best playoff performances of his career when he was alongside Kawhi Leonard. So that would be uh, an extremely big time pickup. With a with a, a a semi big three out there with the Clippers, is adding another piece to that team. Um, and, and one of the most loaded teams in the league right now. That would be huge. Yeah, that would be huge. That would be huge. I, that would be even bigger than the Blake one or DeAndre or not DeAndre Andre Drummond or whoever gets moved. Vucevic, Jeremy Grant, all, all these guys. Kyle Lowry to reunite with not only uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard but Serge Ibaka, a member of that 2019 team as well. And then exactly. you pair that with PG, that would be formidable. And I think that would force the hands of Rob Kalinka and Frank Vogel and LeBron to to do something. So that, that'd be a huge move there. Um, a couple of key guys, PJ Tucker being linked at, you know, this <laughs> the, the the Rockets, they're in the buckle, Mike. 14 straight losses. Yeah. When you're a vet like PJ Tucker who knows they can impact a contender, you just want to get the hell out of mm-hmm. there. And, and that's that's oh, yeah. what the, 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 the Rockets are doing. We've heard that Oladipo's name being linked other places, like the Denver Nuggets, uh, uh, the P.J. Tucker wanting to go to a contender. The, the fate of the Rockets, what are they looking at? The, the, the Rock, when it comes to P.J. Tucker, he's one of those guys where he's a – He's a he's a great veteran piece, and he can really help a championship team. And when your window is ticking in the NBA, you want to be on that on that side of the ball. And, and right now, this Rockets team is not a contending team; they're in the rebuilding stage, and they're really struggling and going through it right now. And he's done so much for the city of Houston and for that team that, that they'll show. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that they'll show him that that much respect and ship him to a team that 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 would that, that he would be preferred to. But uh, as far as Oladipo is concerned, Oladipo is tricky because he's a player that I could potentially see on the Miami Heat next year. It's it's a lot of ties yeah. between the Victor Oladipo and the Miami Heat. And that that connection and that piece right there, um that 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 relationship seems to get closer and closer as time goes on. And I wouldn't be surprised if I see him wearing a heat uniform. But if not uh by trade deadline, I doubt it, but potentially next year. Yeah. Absolutely, that for sure. He loves Miami. We've been talking about Miami a lot today. <laughs> we talking about Miami a lot today for sure. Uh, other big names, Jeremy Grant um, of the Detroit Pistons. Um, they paid big bucks for him in the offseason. Not sure why Detroit would want to do that. Um, Nikola Vucevic being linked to my Boston Celtics, something that we need, a front court presence who's who's very dominant, made, who's a second-time All-Star, averaged 24 a game this year, 11 boards a game as well. He gives you that as well. Um, Nikola Vucevic, um, the Lakers looking at him, the Celtics and, and some other key pieces. What would it take for a team to grab him? 
it's gonna take some assets to give up because he's he's one of the best big men in basketball. He's just gonna he he just has a um he's not box office, so his his game is isn't as attractive as some of the as the guards today today's game. But um this brother where he contributes to a team on both sides of the ball, especially stretching the floor, uh post moves in the big. He's one of the most skilled big men in the game, and it's gonna take a lot to get. Boston is an attractive spot for him because Boston is somebody that I'm sure has been looking at him for quite some time now, and that would be a, a tremendous upgrade at center for them because right now. Uh, Tristan Thompson is underperforming from their expectations that they they get that they uh, anticipated from him. Uh, he, he he's not, he's he's shooting terribly from the free throw line. Uh, the, the offensive production is just not there consistently. That would be a major upgrade if they was to get somebody like Vucevic. And also with the Lakers, the Lakers are looking for another big man to complement what Anthony Davis brings to the table when he goes comes back healthy. That would be a great piece for them as well in LA. So it's really interesting to see the chess match of where he could potentially go because I'm sure Orlando is Orlando as good as he is. He's not gonna. They're not gonna give up somebody that somebody that elite in their franchise without some major yep, assets absolutely. coming that way. Absolutely there. No doubt about it there for sure. And from Orlando, my hometown, to the collegiate game, Hoops. Yes, March Madness is about mm-hmm. less than 72 hours away. That's right. Um, we are up to Selection Sunday. Um, from what it looks looking like right now, it seems like Illinois is a one to me. It seems like Michigan is a one. Again, Zaga would be a one. And, and the final one would be tricky. I, I think that one would either be um, I would either give that to Houston, Alabama, or uh, Baylor. But I- I'm going to stick in- and put Baylor on there. But they would be my last four. Um, those are the number one seeds. But a lot of things that needs to be uh, um, panned out. You got the Big East. Team starting to get in the bubble and starting to get in. Uh, but the Big 12 and the Big 10, I think that's been the story of college football, basketball all year long. The two strongest uh, conferences all year. And through – the first round and the quarterfinals, we've had some great matchups, Mike. Oh, we sure have. We sure have, man, especially in that Big 12. We had a great matchup yesterday with Oklahoma State versus West Virginia once again for back-to-back games. Uh, Kate Cunningham came back from injury and played this game, and, uh, and his his effect, he, he, he was effective early and often. I mean, you know, Oklahoma State got a little lackadaisical midway through this game with the turnovers, and West Virginia got up to a big lead early, but then – you know, with a 26 to seven run, as spearheaded by Cunningham and uh, Robin and Anderson the third, man, those those two players they they they're special. Oklahoma State is a is a is a tricky team for me, Seppi, because they 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 showed even without Kay Cunningham how impressive they can be, and that they have a collective unit, and then they're not just predicated on one player, and that that was huge for me, and so. Uh, Oklahoma State is is, is is special. Michigan got a big win against Maryland today. Um, Jawan Howard got ejected. Going um, going at uh, Maryland head coach yeah. Mark Turgeon. It's going to be uh, interesting to see. We'll see what happened with that, and when we get more details. But um, that was a big win for Michigan moving forward, beating Maryland. And uh, yeah, you're right. You say it's been very interesting. But the Big East has been interesting to me, Sebi. The Big East uh, tournament has been very interesting. I love what I'm seeing from Georgetown. Georgetown got yes, a big they win did. against Villanova last night. I know Villanova. I know Villanova's been, you know, in, hampered with injuries to some of their best players like Alepsi and, the, and those guys. But Georgetown, nonetheless, big win. Uh, I love what I'm seeing from Patrick Ewing's squad. He, he came out and he, he 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 said, this is my house. And, and his team has been showing this so far. They got a big win. They got a big game against Seton Hall tonight at 6 o'clock uh, to move forward. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But this Big East tournament is getting very competitive because some of the underdogs are starting to take off. Absolutely. Off and even dogs. tonight. May major matchup. This UConn team, I haven't watched them, a lot of them yet, but 
I hear they've got some guys that can really put it in the hoop. They're going against Creighton, who I think are the favorites oh. now uh, with Villanova out to win the Big East tournament. But boy, that there's going to be some great matchups in that conference, as well as the Big Ten. The Big Ten, Mike, I mean, you got three teams in the top ten. Illinois um, is playing tonight. They're playing against Rutgers. They should take care of business. But Wisconsin and Iowa, to me, is interesting because Iowa's beaten this team twice. And, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. Um, Luca Garza, we know he's he has yeah. his way down in the post. But I, I think the big twin as well is going to be very interesting. We'll see. Um, obviously, Michigan got a huge win tonight. Well, this afternoon, per se, um, yeah. they move on to the semis. But I think the Big Ten, the Big 12, the, the Big East, all, all the bigs, <laughs> all the bigs, fun to watch. <laughs> big, big time fun to watch. This day, These next few days of championship, uh, our, our championship days, we got a, a potential championship champion being crowned tonight, Saturday and Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be big games. You know, VCU is still in the hunt. VCU has a, a big time championship game on Sunday in Ohio. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of um a, a lot of teams going for that for that title and college basketball is here that 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 time of that time of year where March is here March Madness is in full effect and uh man everybody just get your popcorn ready man this is this is what it's all about. Last year we got robbed of this opportunity. This year let's take advantage of it. Oh and, yes, uh, and indeed we for sure for sure missed that. Uh, last year not being able to um, see that next year. Although last year, I, I would tell you this, I, I, the, the team I had winning the tournament last year, Mike, would surprise you. I had the Kentucky Wildcats winning yeah. last year. I thought with Tyrese Maxey and Quickly. Really? But yeah, I think Kentucky was rounding into form. You had you had Richards down low, and he, he was starting to get to his own, and he was a force. And then you had Quickly and Maxey um, who, in, in that backcourt for Calipari's team. And even Calipari said, that whenever I had a team that, I don't know, obviously he gets all the best prospects, but he, there's been teams that he's had in the past that just, you know, they, they like to go iso ball a lot, right? But he said last year's team, mm-hmm. they, they, they only cared about winning and they cared about ball movement. And every time I've had a team like that, at worst, we've been in the final four. And so I thought he had a great chance with that team. Uh, there quickly doesn't miss from the foul line. We see what he's doing with the Knicks, and then Tyrese Maxey is an excellent piece with the Sixers right now. Um, even though we're in his role, yeah. in limited role time, but I, I I really think Kentucky uh, was really hampered last year. They were my pick to win it all, but you know what they say: you can talk about it, but you can't be about it because we never got a chance to see it. Yeah, we never got a chance to see it. And uh, another unfortunate situation I have to point out as well is the, is the situation that we found out yesterday with Duke. You know, the fact that they had to, you know, for forfeit their, their their chances of continuing the ACC tournament when it looks like when it looked like they were getting on a, a little bit of a roll themselves. That game got canceled against Florida State due to COVID nineteen, and it's it's crazy when you think about how effective COVID is. Well, it's it's affected some of these guys' seasons. I mean, their entire season was done. They couldn't even continue it based on. Uh, this COVID tracing, so um, this is it's, it's serious. Uh, condolences to to Duke uh, for for not being able to f- fight for your chance the right way. But um, it, this is just the unprecedented times that we're living in right now. But um, you know, situations like that are, are always there because it's like, wow, man, you you didn't even get a chance to 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 to, to go out go out. And to add another court, big you know program I mean? to that list, Kansas as well. They've actually drawn out of the Big Twelve tournament, so Texas moves uh-huh. on uh, to the semis. 
um, uh, for tomorrow's semis uh, against um, that's to be determined who they'll play next. So can Kansas, another blue blood out of the Big 12 tournament, they haven't been ruled out of the dance yet, unlike what Duke is. But we'll see yeah. uh, another positive COVID testing for Bill Self squad. It just keeps on happening, Mike. Yeah, it's unfortunate. They got a big win yesterday uh, against Oklahoma. And uh, it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's unfortunate. It, it really is. Um, I had to talk to these kids who have, how, how hard they fight for this season. But, uh, yeah, it's All unfortunate, right. man. All right. Yes, yes, indeed so, indeed so. And this is the time at the end of our show where Mike makes his closing remarks and closing arguments. Mike, take it over. Yeah, but yeah, watch out for watch out for the underdogs. This year, I, I know we say it every year, but this year I feel like it's going to be one of the biggest years as far as college basketball concerned. As far as the underdogs taking taking away taking away the, the, uh, some of those number one seeds and stuff like that, and then not only in the conference championships that you're seeing right now in these tournaments, but also when we when we get around to March Madness, this is going to be a year where uh, brackets are going to be bursted. I mean, like no other. They're going to be teams coming out the Woolworths that are going to that are going to come in and compete at a high level. Watch out for the underdogs this year. This is going to be the year we talk about after the tournament's over. With. Wow, the wow, we 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 had a lot of upsets. I mean, more, more upsets than we probably have seen in, in quite yeah, some time. Yeah, absolutely, there for sure. That was Mike's closing arguments for today, and that was our closing argument for this afternoon show of the Savvy Podcast Radio Show, Season Three, Episode. 28. Hey everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show and frankly even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sevipodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, Sebby Podcast is wherever you go.